The opinions expressed in this show are the views of the host and not necessarily that of WTRW, 94.3 The Talker, or the Bold Gold Media Group. The following presentation is paid for by Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate, who is solely responsible for its content. Portions transcribed. All Century 21 real estate offices are independently owned and operated. This is the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21, Jack Ruddy Real Estate. Good morning. I'm Jackie Ruddy, broker, and with Pat Devaney, my husband, fellow realtor. Good morning. Good morning, Jackie. How are you today? Very good. How are you? Doing well. All right. We have with us, second week in a row, attorney Richard Finucci. Good morning. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Rick. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's always our pleasure. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m., Sunday at 11.30 a.m., where we review many real estate topics. We have a full-time real estate office with many relentless realtors who've been guiding, assisting, and advising clients in real estate matters for over 50 years. During the week, feel free to email us with any questions you have at questions at jruddy.com. That's questions at jruddy.com, or you can give us a call at 570-344-6724. And when you go to jruddy.com, click on the webcam tab. And see what's going on at the corners. View our listings, search the MLS listings, and listen to archive radio shows by going to mobilefriendly, J-R-U-D-D-Y.com. That's jready.com. And we also have all the popular podcast apps on jready.com where you can listen to the show. Also, don't forget social media. If you want to know what we're up to, check us out. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and Pinterest. All right. Attorney Richard Finucci. Where do you practice and what do you do? Jackie, our, my office is located at 1711 Main Street in Blakely. Our phone number is 570-383-0652. I've been practicing attorney for 34 years, going on 35 years now. And my practice consists primarily of residential and commercial real estate where I'm a licensed title agent, uh, municipal law, and a lot of estate planning and state administration and business and uh, law. Set, uh, corporations, setups, et cetera. And last week we had a fabulous discussion regarding estate planning. And if any of the listeners today missed it, you can check it out on the podcast. And uh, I really would love to have you back at a future point to talk more about that. But today we're going to talk about landlord tenant issues, another hot topic, right? And so I want to talk about if we could start with, you know, renting. What is a landlord's responsibility when they rent a house or an apartment? Is there a warranty? Is it implied warranty? And how does that all work? Well, Jackie, yes, all all of the above. Uh, First, you know, Pennsylvania law does uh, dictate that uh, landlords uh, must comply with certain basic uh, elements uh, when renting a a residential, um, and, and it's mostly the laws are mostly for residential properties, but yes, you have to you have to ensure that there is what's called an implied warranty of habitability, uh, meaning that a, a tenant, a, a person, is entitled to the basic uh, functions of a livable uh, abode: uh, heat, uh, running water, uh, no bare wires, th- things like that. Hot water. Hot water, no, certainly. No water pouring through the roof. So that is implied uh, by the law and certainly is written in almost every lease. Even if it's not written in the lease, uh, it is it is 
by law that they must must provide that. Right. Rather, uh, that was my understanding. Thank you for making that point. Whether it's a oral lease or written lease, this is standard. It's automatic. Yes. All right. Yes. So let's then move our discussion into security deposits. <laughs> Usually, when someone rents a property to live in, they're required to put down a security deposit. Are there limits to what is how- this, What exactly is a security deposit? How would you define that? A security deposit is defined as a, a monetary payment that's being held in escrow to ensure the faithful performance of the lease by, by the tenant. Uh, in other words, that in the event that there's a, a, a missed rent payment, uh, if there's damage done uh, to the property during the tenant's occupancy, a security deposit is there to, to cover uh, for those things. And is there a limit to how much? There, there is a limit. You cannot hold any more than two months uh, security deposit, two months based on whatever the original uh, monthly amount is at the time of the signing of the lease. And are you required as an owner-landlord to put it into an interest-bearing account? You are. By law, uh, all security deposits must be in an interest-bearing account, but that requirement can be waived by a written lease agreement. Only by a written lease agreement? Yes, only by a written lease agreement. So, and then what happens to that earned interest? Effectively, that becomes the tenant's money. The tenant is entitled to that interest that's earned uh, on it over the course of the lease term. Okay. And at the end of the lease, if the deposit is to be returned, it's to be returned with, with the interest. So regarding security deposits, what entitles a tenant to receive their security deposit back after they move out? And what entitles a landlord to keep a security deposit? Well, certainly, Jackie, this can be depend on, it can depend on whether there's a written lease and what the terms of the lease are or whether there's no lease. But in general, because each lease, by the way, all of the tenants and landlords' rights really flow from a written lease. And of course, when there is no written lease, you are left with you know, some basic um, assurances that Pennsylvania law provides, such as the warranty of, implied warranty of habitability. There's, there's others, the you know, right of quiet enjoyment, Etc. But there are regulations regarding, you know, leases and tenants. As we mentioned before, are uh, when they pay a security deposit, the landlord must uh, hold it in a in a interest bearing uh, escrow account. Are they At supposed the, to notify where the the tenant where they're holding this, or is that not an issue? N- not necessarily, as long as it's interest okay. interest bearing. Uh, at the end of the lease term, uh, the tenant can request return of the security deposit, and it's understood that the landlord must return it unless uh, some condition of the lease has not been fulfilled. Usually, it's any damages that occur to the property during the tenant's occupancy. Uh, a landlord must ha- has 30 days, by the way, after the tenant removes themselves from the property to return the security deposit. And in that 30 days, the landlord has the right to go in, do a survey of the property, do an itemization of whatever damages the landlord believes occurred, and provide written notice thereafter within the 30 days to the tenant uh, indicating what it was they were going to deduct and the respective amounts. If it's 
more than the security deposit was, then they say we're going to keep it. If it's less than, they have to return the, to them the difference. Uh, All right. Now, what do I do if I'm a tenant and the landlord uh, says, oh, I'm not giving you back the security deposit. You know, the wall is scratched or something. What, what recourse do I have? Because I know a guy, a tenant, who said that the landlord kept everybody's he made everybody fight to get their security deposit back. Yeah, unfortunately, we see a lot of that in, in the legal world where uh, landlords routinely will just automatically, without any reason, just keep the security deposit. And they do that because I think that they realize that the tenant, most tenants don't have the financial means to fight the landlord because, you know, they usually have the team of lawyers backing them and Tenants don't, you know, often have that that much resources, and often the security deposit itself is not a whole lot of money. It's maybe one month's rent, and uh, it's not worth the the effort. But with that being said, I mean it is wrong. It's wrong to do. And you know what I mentioned before about the landlord having to provide written notice is only true if the tenant leaves the landlord a forwarding address. So if there was no, if the tenant just leaves and doesn't tell the landlord where to go, the landlord, that obligation kind of goes by the wayside. But if the tenant did leave a written forwarding address and then the landlord fails to list an itemized amount of damages that they are withholding and why, the tenant, after the 30 days, can actually bring a legal action against the landlord and sue for double the amount of the security deposit. And I've handled several of those cases where we've been successful before local district justice magistrates, uh, they handle those types of cases. So the tenant can actually get double back if those requirements are not abided by. So if the tenant leaves a forwarding address and then he doesn't get a security deposit back yep. and he doesn't get a, a, a written itemized bill, he yep. can go for, yep. for double? Yep. You get it, the law entitles the tenant to recover double the security. Nice. So, I hope somebody hears this and uses it. Okay, so a tenant moves out of the property and leaves it, takes all their personal belongings, doesn't leave anything behind, and you know, just leaves a broom clean. It's not spotless, but it's broom clean. Landlord wants to go in, paint, freshen it up with some paint, shampoo the rugs. Is that landlord owner able, entitled to keep any of that security deposit to do those updates? Usually not. For not for routine wear and tear things. That is just one of the hazards of being owning a rental property and being a landlord. It's, but there's people that actually think that they can do yeah, that. Yeah, it's it, well, if, if you have a written lease, Jackie, and the lease says that tenant, uh, the t excuse me, the landlord. Uh, is is allowed to do that? Well, then then, then they then, can then do they it. are right. And most regular residential apartment complex type leases will always have that language in there. So in that case, they are absolutely entitled to deduct it. But there are so many people that do not have a written lease. Yes, there's a lot of landlords don't that don't believe in a written lease, and there's a lot of tenants that don't want to sign leases as well. So, but a written lease really tells everybody what happens in these situations. I agree, Jackie. I represent a lot of landlords and I have represented a lot of tenants in my my career and I and I get that question 
by landlords mostly all the time, what what is better, have a lease or not lease? And I will always err on the side of it's probably best for you as a landlord to have a lease. And you're right. It, it gives everyone the expectation of what what their obligations and their rights are. And certainly that's better because, you know, you, when you get into handshakes and hearsay and this, it's not never enforceable in court. Yeah, a lot of problems. Okay, so what about a pet deposit? We're talking about security deposits. If a landlord didn't necessarily want a tenant with a pet, but in 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 a situation they can live with maybe a cat or a smaller dog, is a pet deposit allowed? Uh, not not pet deposits, but pet surcharges. And honestly, once you can ask for a pet deposit, Jackie, but then it just becomes merged in with the security deposit and subject to the same rules. But uh, what most landlords do today, I think, is just charge a pet surcharge fee and basically tack it on to the monthly rent. And it's non-refundable. So if it were part of a security deposit, well, then it becomes refundable later on. And the security deposit can't be more than two months rent. Correct. So that's the rule there. All right. And cannot be increased uh, after the lease has gone past five years. It has to stay where it's at. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't realize that. Right. So you can actually increase the security deposit year as you renew each lease. It, 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 as an owner, yes, you can but never more than never more than the two beyond, months. And then you right. can't go beyond five years. So if the person's there six years, you it's, can't stays the same stays regardless of what the rent amount is correct because usually the security deposit equals first month's rent usually Usually. in most cases in most cases okay now what if a property is in foreclosure tenant is residing in the property owner does not live there tenant has no idea what happens in that situation so at some point, the tenant would have to be notified by the foreclosure and foreclosing bank. Uh, it, it, it Usually it won't happen until after the foreclosure has gone through uh, the courts and through, through the sheriff's sale where the bank will actually then be legally entitled to possession. Understand that once a foreclosure action is instituted, the bank doesn't always have immediate rights to just go to the property and and kick the tenant out. Sometimes they have a right to swoop in and start collecting the rent, which if it was if the property and loan that was given to purchase the property by the landlord was, was a commercial endeavor, uh, lenders are always going to have an assignment of leases and rents that will allow them to come in and collect the rents. However, that's probably the extent of what they can do pre-foreclosure, pre-sheriff sale. Once the sheriff sale happens, they actually get possession of the property. And then, Jackie, would they notify the tenant to say, hey, we are now the in possession of the property legally, and you not only do you continue to pay the rent to us, but we're giving you X amount of days uh, you know, to get out. And then they proceed, not with an eviction, because they're no longer, uh, it's no longer a landlord-tenant situation. They have to file a separate ejectment action, a civil action with the court. It's separate and apart from the foreclosure action. And we do see a lot of that, that happen, especially where tenants refuse to cooperate with the bank and get out. Right. And it could be devastating. I mean, here they are going along and they have this property that they've been living in and then they find this out and they, how long does the bank usually give them to? 
Oh, they would. I think Everyone most lenders out. will give them at least 30 days. Uh, I've seen them go, go as long as 120, 180 okay. days. Like some lenders are very understanding and appreciative that these people need to find another uh, place to go. But yeah, 30 not days always. is not a lot of time. We we would hope that the lenders would, you know, give them a heads up when it's coming down the pike and give them, you know, ample time to look for other living arrangements. Okay. With us today, attorney Richard Finucci. How does someone get in touch with you, please? Well, our phone number is 570-383-0652, and we have a, a website, Law Offices of Richard Finucci, PC. We're located at 1711 Main Street in Blakely, Pennsylvania, in Lackawanna County. Thank you. Pat? Yes, we have a three-bedroom, two-bath condo unit at 1304 Summit Point in Scranton for $195,000. If you live a busy lifestyle but you're desiring a welcoming home, this could be it. This condo is 1,200 square feet. It's got brand new carpet, three large bedrooms, modern kitchen with a gas stove, central air conditioning, plenty of closet space, and a washer-dryer hookup in the room. If you want home ownership without the hassles of cutting grass and plowing snow, this could be for you. That's a three-bedroom, two-bath condo unit at 1304 Summit Point in Scranton for $195,000. And that's listed by Marie-Anne Duffy Mates of our office. Scranton? Scranton. Where are you from? Scranton. I never heard you say it that way. Oh, no. Comfort Spec Inspection Services is your one-stop shop for all your residential or commercial inspection needs. They are our sponsor this week, and we thank them for that. Their services include residential, commercial, structural, septic, pest, well, water analysis, mold, air quality, soil sampling, radon, testing, and more. They do all those inspections. Comfort Spec is Northeast PA's premier home inspection service because they offer same-day digital reports, 24-hour online scheduling, appointments seven days a week, 200% client satisfaction commitment. They ease real estate transactions by providing information to ensure safety and peace of mind. To contact ComfortSpect Inspection Services, call 570-244-2090 or visit ComfortSpectPA.com. Seven days a week? Seven days a That's week. That's pretty good. That is. Stay with the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21, Jack Reddy Real Estate, on 94.3 FM The Talker. We'll be right back. How smart is a Century 21 agent? They have more brain power than a barrel full of Einsteins and the gentle wisdom of a monk. They know your city, your neighborhood, and they might even know your mom. So watch your language. They can simplify, multiply, and leap tall mountains of paperwork in a single bound. Plus, they know where to find the best cup of joe. This is who they are. This is what they do. Century 21 agents. Smarter. Bolder. Faster. Each office is independently owned and operated. Hi, this is Jackie Ruddy from Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate. Is real estate on your mind? It's on ours 24-7. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or in need of an appraisal, you have questions, we have answers. Thinking of buying or selling a house and have questions? Tune in to the Real Estate Roundtable hosted by locally owned and operated Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate on Saturday mornings at 11 and Sunday mornings at 1130. Call 570-344-6724. Or visit jready.com. That's J-R-U-D-D-Y dot com. 
Welcome back to the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21, Jack Ruddy Real Estate on 94.3 FM, The Talker. I'm Jackie Ruddy, broker, and with my husband, Phil Realtor, Pat Devaney. And we're back. I feel like we're in school. I'm learning so much here with yeah, Rick. Attorney Richard Finucci for the second week in a row discussing landlord-tenant issues. Thank you so much for your time today and last week. So let's continue with the discussion. We so far have talked about security deposits, pets deposits, uh, repairs, the right to a decent place to live, which is an implied warranty, whether there's a written or oral lease. And we started to talk about before the break, if a property was in foreclosure, what ha- what happens then to the tenant? You mentioned the words ejectment and eviction. Yep. Ejection. So, yeah. So, or is so when in the, in the specific case where a lender has foreclosed on a property and it's gone through a sheriff sale, if the tenant is still occupying the property against the uh, uh, pleasure of the bank, uh, they're going to institute an ejectment action. That That's a form of a legal action. It's a lawsuit that is filed in the court uh, uh, to have the tenant uh, removed, that they have no right to be there. That is distinguishable, Jackie, from an eviction action, which is something that the normal landlord-tenant uh, has to you know, endeavor to, to get the tenant out. There's a process. Let's talk about eviction then. What is the process, and when does a landlord have the right to evict? Yeah, Obviously I'll, for lack of payment, but are there other things that happen? So it, it depends. Uh, so it, it, Pennsylvania has it what's depends. called typical uh, it attorney depends. answer. Because right? right? it does. I it want always specific depends. answers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Pennsylvania has what's called the, the Landlord-Tenant Act, uh, and that does set forth certain parameters that uh, landlords are obligated to abide by for, the, you know, for their protection and for the protection of the tenants. So if, if, if the basics are that if you are going to evict the tenant, for uh, non-payment of rent, you need to provide the tenant with what's called a notice to quit, and that has to be a minimum 10-day notice, and that's only for non-payment. If it's for a breach of any other condition of the lease, it's fifteen a 15-day notice. So if the, if the tenant did something against what the written lease uh, said, they say, you know, we're going to uh, give you a 15-day uh, notice to get out. Uh, where there is no lease, usually, you know, you want to give at least a 30-day notice, although those same rules still apply for non-payment. Um, the notice to quit has to be served either personally or posted on the front door of the property. Those are the only two valid uh, forms of service of the notice to quit uh, upon the tenant. Certified mail is not uh, not appropriate. Regular mail is not appropriate. Just personally served or posted to the door conspicuously on the premise. I always advise my clients to take a picture of it if they post it on the door because it is a prerequisite to having to file a landlord-tenant uh, complaint. If at the end of the 10 or 15 days or 30 days that the tenant is not out, then the landlord has the right to go and file an eviction complaint with the local district justice magistrate uh, office where the property is located. How, okay. long, how long does that take? Well, that's my next that's question. That's the next question. <laughs> yes. How long does that take? It, it varies according to it each depends. magisterial it district, but, but in general, you will have a hearing within two weeks. And then say we go and the, and the judge said the magistrate says, okay, we're going to get rid of them. How, how do you get rid of them? 
Well, it's usually cut and dry. So, you know, when you go in and, and, and often we have what we spoke about before, which is defenses that sometimes the tenant will try to say, well, I withheld my rent because they didn't, you know, change the light bulb or they didn't fix the broken screen. Uh, you know, unfortunately, those are rarely valid defenses to a non-payment. But if it's if it's purely for non-payment, the, the, the judge will ask, did, did you pay the rent? No. Okay, well you need to get out. So the judge will always uh, usually find in favor of a landlord in those situations. And from that point on, from the date of the hearing, the date of the judgment is entered, a tenant will have, uh, well, uh, two appeal dates. You have 10 days to appeal the judgment for possession, which is usually the highest and best form of relief that the landlord is seeking. You want the tenant out. But they will have 30 days to appeal any monetary damages because usually the magistrate will not only render possession but will issue a monetary award for whatever the back rent was and or any other damages that the landlord had been seeking in the complaint. All right. How about hardships? Tenant is undergoing health issue, loss of job. Does that have does that factor into any of this? You know, Jackie, during the COVID pandemic, there were a lot of uh, COVID laws that were put in place that actually prevented landlords from evicting uh, uh, tenants. But most of those are all now expired. So, no, unfortunately, it really doesn't have any real play in the real world. Although it does vary from from case to case, so sometimes these things can get very spec- fact specific. Okay. All right. Well, as you were speaking, I thought of that because sometimes things are out of people's control, you know, so things happen, right? One question I did have, and we talked about security deposits that a landlord can't charge in excess of two months rent and hold for security deposit. What about, there's a lot of landlord owners that do want to charge the double security and last month's rent. Is that allowed? You can charge a maximum of only two months security deposit, Jackie. You, but they're, they're you, thinking of it as separate as a last month's rent, so they're earmarking it. But really, when you take a payment in advance, it's a deposit, right? It's, that's correct. It doesn't matter what the landlord may term it as. It just cannot exceed the equivalent of two months' rent because otherwise it's a security deposit. So in other words, a landlord is entitled to take one month's rent as a security deposit and one month last month's rent, sometimes they will call it, uh, in addition to that, as long as it doesn't exceed the two months. Okay. Thank you for the clarification, because that's confusing to a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that want last month's rent because a tenant will often move out, say to the landlord, you can have my security, but the security, and if the security deposits only one month's rent, they and don't have, damage, right? there's yeah. damage. Yeah, they're up the creek without yep. a paddle. In closing, is there anything, a point that you want to hit that we didn't touch upon? The only thing I would add, Jackie, is that uh, prospective buyers of of rental properties, you know, need to understand what they're getting into. It's it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, being a landlord uh, can be uh, trying, r- trying, <laughs> absolutely to say the to say the least. Uh, understand that when you're buying a property that's occupied by tenants, you are taking subject to those tenants being there. And uh, if there's a written lease for a specific term, that tenant 
You can't just walk in and say, I want you out. The tenant has rights under that written lease to stay through the end of the term. Unfortunately, once that term expires, unless the lease provides otherwise, it, they're done. So the, usually the rights are limited. And, you, and sometimes in a lease, there's an automatic renewal. Yes, uh, something I always caution my uh, uh, both landlords and tenants uh, in, uh, and just you know, this is why we when we create leases, we look to conform the leases to meet the needs of the landlord or the desires of the landlord, and do the same when we're looking at it from a through a, you know a tenant's uh, set of eyes. So yes, renewal options are can be good, but they could be also be bad. Well, if somebody <laughs> doesn't know about it. And right, so yes. an owner and they they purchase a property and there is an automatic renewal, then it could be for another year. Absolutely can. And you need to understand what your rights are. Both sides need to understand what their rights are in a written lease uh, when, when entering into it. And if there's a property that's uh, transferring ownership at time of closing, the security deposits that that owner is holding, do they transfer to the new owner? Yes. we, we uh, When I conduct a settlement of real estate where there's tenants, we always will get it, uh, provide the buyer with an, and we obtain it from the seller, but we provide the buyer with an itemization of the tenant's names, their contact information, the amount of security being held, what the monthly rent is, whether there's a written lease, not a written lease. This is all stuff that needs to be addressed at the time of the sale. Thank you, Attorney Richard Finucci. How does someone get in touch with you, please? Best way is phone number 570-383-0652. The second best is contact our website, uh, look up our information. It's Law Offices of Richard Finucci, PC. Thank you. Pat? Yes, we have a huge opportunity with a three-bedroom, two-bath fixer-upper at 70 State Street, Nicholson for $149,000. This property is in need of renovations and some TLC, but with some work, this home will truly shine. It sits on one acre of land and has a detached two-car garage, off-street parking, and plenty of charm. That's a three-bedroom, two-bath home at 70 State Street, Nicholson, for only $149,000, and that's listed by Nicole Clark of our office. Don't forget to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m., Sunday at 11.30 a.m. for more of the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21, Jack Reddy Real Estate, and 94.3 The Talker.